Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well spoken. Well said, Robert. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Bella, and welcome. We get to hear from some missionaries today, and I'm excited to hear from Zach and Danny all about what it looked like for them to go to Papua New Guinea and how God called them to the jungle and what the different cultures looks like. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. The question of the podcast is what is something new you learned this week? So what is something new? Okay, for me, uh, we just went to a concert yesterday and i have to admit i did not know all the songs to the artists we went to the concert (laughs) for so i learned some new songs and some new music from the performers so that was pretty cool yeah it was good concert it was fleet foxes and then also my morning jacket is that right yeah my morning jacket which we listen to fleet foxes a lot i know a good amount of theirs but the my morning jacket one was like had no idea no idea (laughs) but it was good yeah and then for me, this past Sunday when uh, Danny was putting on uh, my sister's baby shower, my dad and I took off on a bike ride, and we live base at the base of the mountain, and we went up and found a bunch of new trails that we were able to ride on. So that's cool. Yeah. Found out there was more stuff, more uh, trails behind the house. So yeah. pretty exciting. I've heard like be a tourist in like your own hometown like kids like you learn like there's so much that you've never seen yeah Yeah. sometimes we get so used to seeing the same things all the time that it's not so special (laughs) yeah exactly you last year um went to papua new guinea to be missionaries but just like going back before going to the mission field what did your lives look like very different (laughs) yeah very different not difference in the in the sense too much of like our careers because before we left I was doing construction and in PNG I'm doing construction as well so not necessarily too much of that is different but just the way it looked is entirely different because here at home I worked for my uncle my uncle owns a construction company and uh, we do uh, just a lot of residential remodel type construction and uh so worked for him full time for the past four years, I think, up until we left. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it yeah. was. And we were moving forward in our, our careers. I was um, getting promoted. And so the, the, the idea of leaving wasn't necessarily that something that, was, that we foresaw too, yeah. too far back. Um, but yes, yeah, so we were doing um, full time construction. Yeah, and then I worked in design, so we actually worked together, which was really cool, uh, but definitely did not. I think we both loved what we were doing and saw that it could be something we'd continue to do in the future, but then it was God's timing, totally, because in the months leading up to us making that decision, which I know we'll talk about, but in that time, we both kind of started having conversations, realizing that we're like, we're not finding as much joy in this Mm -hmm. as we feel like, like, or that this is exactly where the Lord wants us right now. And how are we finding joy in serving him in this? And, uh, there was a lot of opportunities still to be, of course, a witness to our coworkers in what we were doing, but it lacked this sense of joy. And yeah, so it was 
totally complete opposite style of work in a sense uh but you could see like god's hand in preparing us to kind of transition out of that at the same time so yeah Yeah, that's super cool so then how did you prepare for that big cross-cultural move like it's not just moving to another state or something it was moving like all the way across the world well you zach had been in 2018 to papua new guinea i had never been um we had i've been to other countries so i think in some sense i had some idea of what it could look like and then from photos and just him talking about it but now I kind of think about it, I'm like, I don't know if there was ever a way we could have fully prepared for what that would look like. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. The And like I said, because we didn't know that far in advance that we were going to do that, um, it was more of like a, hey, this got put in our laps and the Lord opened this door, so we need to do uh, quickly prepare. Mm-hmm. So the, the more, uh, like what we did leading up to it was more like we need to get all of our stuff together we need to get all the proper paperwork and you know do the proper training that the mission organization requires and that was more of the uh the prep that we did to leave i think compared to some other missionaries and then the specific roles that they're fulfilling um there's obviously different requirements based off of what what roles they're going to take on and i think for us it looked a little different because it was more construction based and so in some ways it's really cool because the lord had been preparing us for a long time obviously with zach doing construction and like growing up around that um but then also we had been interested in the mission field before uh, but just never it wasn't like we had gone to missionary school or anything like a lot of our co-workers have done that so it's kind of like our preparation i think differed maybe then than a lot of people yeah yeah Yeah. there were some missionaries that were sent out from the church i go to and they were preparing for like years like Mm -hmm. they left the position of like leading a small group and they joined our small group and like they were here for like years before they actually like ended up moving to where they were going to be serving so yeah that's definitely gonna our transition was very quick between finding out or like inquiring about it and then moving it was like i think it was 10 or 11 months yeah 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 and it it was they wanted it to be quicker the the people that asked us if we could fulfill some of the roles that that they had but just with the country's requirements to get into uh the country and the mission organization's requirements to become a missionary through them it was never going to be that quick like we had to do all of the necessary steps to get there and and so we did it as fast as we could but that was the the length of the process was about a whole year yeah did you have to learn the language or anything uh not beforehand um when we got there we started doing like cultural and and language type um, learning but because of our our positions where we're um on on a base on a missionary base and the school that we work at is on the base as well and we teach all in english um that we didn't we didn't have to do too much compared to a missionary who's going to go into the bush or into the jungle and plant a church or translate the bible we didn't have to do as nearly as much as they did and so we're still 
currently um, learning the language and, yep. and getting more comfortable with it. We definitely don't have as much opportunity to sit and study the language as maybe we would like to. Um, we can hear it a lot better than we can speak it at this point. But yeah. it's something, I mean, before we, like, leave permanently, I think we would probably know it. Yeah. Um, hopefully in this next year. Yeah. yeah. We'll become fluent. <laughs> yeah. I hope yeah. so. It's just hard to do, to practice it because uh, the guys I work with speak English and when we're on campus and we're, we're you know, working with our students, we're trying to teach them English. So yeah. we don't have much time to practice speaking About, a different language. like at church or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be that church and then and we go into town would yeah. be the, the I time. Think I would say where I feel like I've been able to like practice it the most or hear it the most aside from being in town would definitely be at church because we have our local village people who will join us uh, from the community and they speak mostly in pidgin they'll be able that's the language is pidgin they can speak in english um but it's very simple conversation which is ironic because for us it's probably more simple conversation when we speak in pidgin um but even church sometimes the service will be done in pigeon so that's where we hear it spoken the longest and it's cool because then we can open up our bibles and hear how does it compare yeah. or oh, yeah. what language is he using that's familiar and kind of piece it together so it makes us have to think through it a little bit yeah. more <laughs> yeah there was um a family that we knew that we're going to be hoping to go to i think ireland to be missionaries mm-hmm. and my dad had asked them like have what do you do right now to share the gospel? Like, do you share the gospel with anyone? And they said, no, like they just don't like, they'll figure it out when they get there. You know, like that's just not a smart way to do it because if you don't do it, you know, when you're comfortable, how are you going to do it when you're like uncomfortable? So did you share the gospel when you were younger and then growing up um, before you made the move? They're never like in a, in a formal setting or not formal, but like a, um, Oh, we're going to go, we're going to go out and we're going to share the gospel and like a planned type of uh, thing other than like youth group and stuff like that where or when we're serving like serving in church that would be the only time where it was like planned hey we're going to meet and uh zach you're gonna you're gonna share that would be the only time and then other than or like work you know talking to coworkers or stuff like that but never we're going to go out and like street evangelism, never anything like that. Yeah. Only like in, in youth group or when I've been given opportunities to, to speak in different scenarios, like in father son camp out that we do every year through our church and different things like that. Yeah. I'd say actually too, maybe I wouldn't have necessarily pinpointed as that, but um, Zach and I, were in a club in high school called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And I know I this just came to mind as you were saying that, was that our campus, which I would say majority of people are non-believers for sure, we both joined the club. That's part of how we met and grew in our relationship was that we were both really passionate about sharing on campus. And we called it Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's the organization. But we would say that you don't have to be an athlete to come because we just wanted the gospel to be shared. And I think there was a lot of cool opportunity that stretched us then that, again, was a way that the Lord planted seeds that we were able to see that, one, that we really love serving together, and two, that 
you know, there's a lot of unique ways that, whether it was through sports or now in Papua New Guinea, in construction and in teaching, that the Lord was using those ways to, you know, share the gospel. So, yeah, I think... Then I guess I take back that. What, well, <laughs> some of did. what I said, yeah. like the... Yeah, I totally forgot that about... Because we, we both FCA. were heavily involved in that. We helped lead the club. Yeah, all four years of high school, yeah. we were in the club. Yeah. We didn't... We weren't always the ones that were doing the teaching, but we were the ones who were doing the... Um, like the outreach, like come here, and... come and 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 offering ourselves up to yeah. when we did get someone like a collegiate athlete to speak or a youth pastor to speak, then we would be the ones that would field some of the the questions and yeah. and talk to some of the students. Yeah, and then I think for me, I had I didn't actually grow up in church, so I was the one being <laughs> shared to, <Yeah. laughs> which is really cool now to now go out and do the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I had done some other mission work prior to going to PNG. That was before we were married. And so I feel like there were some cool opportunities there. But yeah, I think I think that's it. Or co-workers, same co-workers. But and uh, at your church before we got married, you were yeah. a junior high leader. Yeah, worked with junior hires. So there was a lot of opportunity yeah. in that too. Yeah, yeah leading cool. small groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So can you share the story of how you were given the opportunity to go to Papua New Guinea and how you felt called to do that? Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unexpected. <laughs> yeah. So in 2018, uh, we, my, we, my dad and I and three other guys, we got asked to help build a house for um, missionary sent out through our church who lives in a remote village translating the Bible. And so we went out there um, for a week into the that remote village and uh, built the house and, and got it all nice and livable for her. And then the people that we met who are her co-workers um, is who we currently work with now. And so we established a relationship with them because they were... Uh, hosted us and helped us get there and everything and so they built a relationship with my dad and with our um, missions pastor and so it was that was in 2018 so in 2019 and into 20 they um, started the school that we currently work for and then reached out to us through our missions pastor and um they emailed my dad and my our missions pastor and said, "Hey, would you would you guys know of anyone? I think maybe um, fishing for maybe if my dad would be interested because he was a you know he's been a construction guy all his life and was like, hey, do you have anyone that could potentially be a project manager type person and um, help us out with construction? We're um, starting this school and need and have a bunch of needs with building and and we potentially want to build a library and yada yada. So we answered the email because um, my dad's like, "Oh, you need to we need to read this email, right?" And we're like, "Okay, we'll we'll read it." And we were so busy at the time, like we had said before, mm-hmm. doing construction and design. And so we're like, okay, yeah, we'll read it. So like a, a month had gone by and we hadn't read it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, just random afternoon, my dad was like, "Did you read that email?" Uh, and I was like, "No, I've." totally forgot about it and so I 
pulled it up and then went uh, and sat down with Daniel. I was like, hey, let's, let's read this email. So I read it and it basically said what I said is, oh, we need that. We have a need and this is the school that we started and um, we need someone uh, who has construction knowledge. And so, yeah, I think even then when we read the email, it was kind of more like a single guy who'd maybe come for six months and then it was like, uh, maybe two years, like there were options on there. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he's reading this email and in my mind, he's like halfway through it. And based on the description, I was like, oh, this is us. Like this is the, that email, even though it was for more of a single guy, I just could feel and sense that it was for us. And it was important that we had read that. And for me, my personality tends to be more like jump on the opportunity for things like that or just be really excited and a little more spontaneous and Zach and I balance each other. I think he's a little bit more like, let's think it through and methodical. Right. And so. Well, because you got to say like you've been. Oh, yeah. You've you've been passionate about. Yeah, I've been passionate missions. about missions for a very long time. And I think that was something in our relationship that we like work through like what will this maybe look like for us and so yeah for me hearing this i'm like oh my gosh could this be the (laughs) chance that we get to go so instead of me immediately saying anything i just looked at him and i was like so what do you think and he immediately said i i think that's us i think i think we need to go and so it was kind of weird because it was like without hesitation in just reading one email we went from this really busy season of work and I think it was on a Saturday because the next mm-hmm. day I remember going to church and feeling this like sense of like I wanted to tell everybody but also nobody knew <laughs> and also we had just read this email like there was yeah. nothing gonna happen that fast yeah. um but just knew that okay this is something to start exploring yeah. and more conversations and seek counsel in it and so then we started that process of having a little bit of those conversations with people and seeing if they would also affirm that and yeah yeah and then how did you know that that was God's calling you know like we were sometimes like oh like just like trust your feelings you know but that's not the way that God works you know through our feelings so yeah I think there was a couple uh like facets to us feeling like that was where we were called is one like just reading that email like she said felt like it was us and and just that that feeling alone of like we are already so like busy and getting more established in our careers but still feel like like it it would be easy to say yes to that you know so just the lord giving us that peace is one aspect to it and then also the calling that it was or just the the general ask for that help was something that I'm already doing full-time at home, you know? So it's like, there's not, um, like we were talking about other, other missionaries and things that they get into and, and roles that they do is like, it's not commonly, uh, something that they do full-time at home, you know? So, um, and we're young. It's not even like we've spent a lot of life doing a specific training or a specific job, but we had spent the last four or five years or for you even. Right longer because that's just what your family does right is yeah construction mm-hmm. and for that to be the one opportunity that has been kind of put before us we were like right 
well, this has got to be something. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the last thing was once we did we'll go to the, the Lord in prayer and, and ask if it was the right thing to do. And then also um, open it up to the people who sent the email and uh, missions pastor and, and my parents. And then once we started that process of finding out uh, more information and what that would look like, uh, from then on, uh, none of the doors closed, you know? So it's like the the Lord kind of opened up the path and it was like it, it never got shut. So it was like th that type of feeling of, of being affirmed like that is, is, you know, what gave us like, okay, we need to keep yeah. pursuing this because nothing is is saying that we shouldn't yeah which is so odd even like we had not even we had been married in march which we had been together for like five years prior to that but we had been married in march read this email in july and then you know started that process probably like september october ish and like we had kept saying it's kind of crazy like we're in our first year of marriage and we're considering leaving yes we've been together but like you imagine yourself you know, establishing your marriage and, and being together in this new season, not across the country yeah, and yeah. or across the world, not even the country, yeah. across the world. And then I think, to, like you said, throughout the whole process, as much as we have felt that initial peace, it was incredible just to see the way, like a lot of people would say during our process, we got delayed on paperwork and there were a lot of things that you know, would come up and uh, I don't know, it just felt like it took longer. And I think someone had kind of said, you know, at what point do you say no? Or maybe at what point does it seem like this isn't what the Lord wants you to do? And for some reason, well, I know now, but like mm -hmm. we just kept pointing back to no, but this is like a different kind of piece that we just know that this is what the Lord has for us. Yeah. And we're just going to keep writing that out and trusting that this is exactly I don't know. In we can't describe that piece to anybody yeah. else. That's yeah. the only piece that we feel like we've been given and and know to be true. So it was really cool to see that then fulfilled and be like, "Yep, we like he totally gave us that piece yeah. and just we had to be patient through it, but it's been totally worth it." Yeah. Yeah. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes. That's right. For yeah. Sure. That was Literally. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely true the whole time we were in the process yeah mm -hmm. like i don't know how to describe it to you it's just what we feel it's <laughs> yeah new. even in the chaos even that life looks like being abroad sometimes it's like nope but he just continues to give us that peace so yeah how did going into going to papua new guinea change the plans you had because you were newly married um so I'm sure, go, like, getting married, you had expectations of, like, you know, what, like, the next five years yeah. you would look like. So how did that change, like, plans for a job, for having a home, for having kids? Like, what did that, how did that whole change? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, like I said before, we were definitely, and, you know, was a blessing. We were getting more established in our careers, you know, and, and, and we had um, been working toward that for a while. Yeah, we had been working toward that for a while and just to just to be more comfortable in what we were doing. And I think that we we we're not the type of people that we try to make too much plans in advance. You know, we try to be smart and responsible yeah. with what we're doing. Um, and and we talk about the, the future a lot. So we knew kind of what we were expecting for the year ahead. And um, 
so then that definitely wasn't it yeah. you know so and right after which um she, she didn't say um that once we did start the process of oh, yeah. exploring uh, uh how would this look like and and what what we need to do to to um, get into this position of of missions um yeah we we had already committed to doing a job in south carolina for two months yeah that so we moved well moved we lived in a hotel for two months yeah wow. yeah so yeah it was the what was it the next month after that i think it yeah what we read it in july uh and then yeah we went in september and we spent or yeah. august and september we spent yeah yeah so we took yeah we took off to a, a a job out there in south carolina and where i project managed and and she um was doing some design stuff and so that was all that we had and yeah. you know was thinking in the future was like okay we we got we got married we we started our work and we're busy 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 and was south carolina was in the in the books and then the next plan ahead was just to keep on moving in our in what we were doing and and um we knew that it was like okay maybe in, in a couple years um we'll try to start a family and see what that looks like and hopefully the lord will bless us in our careers that we're doing and that we could uh explore you know getting a home and all that was yeah. like what we had uh foreseen yeah i think thankfully because yeah none of that was like i mean everything was still fresh like being newly married that and like we don't i feel like plan too hardcore on things mm -hmm. but i think we held those plans loosely knowing and obviously just trusting that you know the lord's will is going to be fulfilled and um yeah i think we knew there was gonna hopefully be some ministry opportunities that we could begin together but i feel like i'm glad that we had it had our eyes fixed on some really established plan or these goals because we were just kind of going through the motions of our jobs that we were so used to doing for a while that, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But it has obviously changed even the way now when we're in Papua New Guinea. I mean, we spend so much time together and sitting and talking through and thinking things through that I think we have changed a lot of the ways we think about, okay, what does the future look like? Does it mean that we will have a family? Does it mean well we want to have a family yes but like when and would that be something we do in the mission field or not or um you know just what does the future look like for us now that we've started this whole other journey of our lives that we don't know how long that will be um but how does how do uh, our future plans especially family wise you know how does it fit into this you know and just like career-wise like do we come back here eventually and start the same jobs again or do we explore some other options it just has created so many more conversations which is really cool but also like there's a lot of unknown and we've just got to be okay with that <laughs> okay this is a question that you know just you, people wonder especially since you are like in the jungle what do modern conveniences look like there compared Look, look like here compared to there like a dishwasher the bathroom cars fast food like what does that all yeah look yeah. Like? yeah no uh no trader joe's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we that's what we, mi we miss a lot 
Um, well, f- for us, we're actually really blessed um, because we do live, like I said, on a, a mission base. So we're not in the middle of the jungle like some of our other um, friends. Very jungle-esque. Yeah, it's still very. It's still yeah. It's still a jungle, um, and we live um, right on the the coast. So we're not too jungly, but but we're really blessed to um, our house that we rent in um, in PNG from the on the mission base is a lot bigger than what we live in here in california so so we we laid out very differently but yeah and it's still like a very small house uh yeah it's still small and it's still super basic you know tin roof on on stilts type of house but we have two perfectly working toilets you know and at home we only have one you know and then we have a really big shower you know and it's yeah it's it are we really enjoy our house i think so that's a big that yeah that's a benefit for sure and a a op or not optimistic but a good way to look look at it but there are definitely things that differ like uh definitely no dishwasher um when we do our laundry it looks a little different i actually feel like it's better than what i expected we have a little thing called a twin tub and it basically fills up like a washing machine and you put your soap in and then it spins it. But instead of like cycling it through, like cleaning the water, it just stays in the spinning, in the same, water. same dirty water, which is in the grand scheme of things. I'd rather it do that than me have to like hand wash everything yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes you have to drain it. And then like, especially if Zach's on the job site all day and it's disgusting, I'm like, okay, my clothes are getting washed separate, but then I'll drain it and then I'll have to rinse it again. And then we put it in this thing, which is is a spinner, but so it's the, it's connected. It's the twin. It's the, this side spins and this side washes. Yeah. And then I call it the giant salad spinner because it kind yeah, of it works the same, the same way okay. you make it spin yeah and fast. then it spins really fast and surprisingly gets pretty dry and then we put everything on a clothesline so and i it's I actually changed the way i think about drying clothes because i've always hung things up that shouldn't be put in the dryer but even when we got back here we had a bunch of clothes to wash and we ended up tying up a clothesline oh. so <laughs> there's like funny things yeah. like that and then cars yeah we still have um the the cars are not our own not our own like we have one with the school that bill the um, guy i work for he mostly drives it and then there is um cars that the mission organization owns and we could rent them because in the past year i've gotten my um papua new guinea driver's license so i could if we wanted to we could take the car and drive to town or whatever and we just rent it um, per kilometer, like we put on it. So that's a, that's a, it's an okay commodity. The cars are all, uh, stick shift cars and not as opposite side of the road, opposite side of the the car. So it's not as nice as, you know, um, the cars that we may have here, but it's still, uh, a commodity that's uh, a blessing. And then our, uh, our grocery stores are actually like we've been told based off of the different people that we've met that live in the different um, parts of of the country. And they, they tell us that our grocery store is really nice. (laughs) So we, we have a grocery store in town that's owned by uh, an Australian guy. And so we get a lot of Australian groceries that, um, uh, that are pretty, you know, we have all the basics that we could need. 
Um, and like I said, uh, joking, but definitely serious is no Trader Joe's where we get the, the a lot of the really good pre-made stuff yeah, and all the, fun, the like yummy yeah. yeah the yummy snacks and stuff like that we don't really have yeah. access to but the we we eat really well yeah. because we have access to a lot of standard groceries it's forced us to definitely be creative or just yeah. like I've I think there's been many times where I'm like okay I it makes me really appreciate what we have obviously here and they're are days where it's harder than others but it has forced us to be like you know what like in comparison i think you like you said to a lot of our other co-workers in the country we have abundantly more than they do yeah. and so i like to try to think of it like that you know i could be in the middle more in the middle of the bush where i can't go get those things or i don't have access to that mm-hmm. um so i feel like in that mindset it's helped me be really grateful for you know the things that sometimes I feel like I'm lacking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely a mindset thing. Yeah. 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 Which was not an immediate thing and definitely not always a daily thing. It's an adjustment yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that you do construction and then you do design. Um, but what does sharing the gospel specifically look like for you? Because like some people do like translations, some people do, you know, different things. But what does it specifically look for you? Yeah, so our, our like gospel sharing is a, um, not as direct, you know, is not like that's their day to day, you know, is, yeah. is uh, it with in the in the midst of the people in the village, um, but for us is um, we're surrounded by a, a school full of students, you know. I don't think we mentioned that we work at a school. Did we? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if we did. Yeah, because we do work at a school, so we yeah, work with students. Yeah, so we, well, I did, I mentioned when, when we were there, then they started the school. Yes, there we go. But, <laughs> but yeah, so um, we have a, a school full of students that are from those remote villages that, that we uh, interact with, and she teaches, and I um, help alongside the school, and so we're, we're able to, when they're not doing their um, regular curriculum, we're able to interact and do a lot of um, different discipleship opportunities with them, um, and like with the the guys that I work with, um, we're able to talk. Um, they're they're not students; they're just uh, local guys that uh, are hired to to help with construction. So we have conversations with them and uh, different people we interact with um, who are coming to church that are from the surrounding villages and different opportunities like that. Yeah. And then for me, um, or just all of us, so we have like a core six to seven people staff for mm-hmm. our school and, um, we're all under the mission organization and, um, we feel very passionate. Like our, we call ourselves a mentoring school. And then through that we use PNG curriculum um, but obviously all being believers and that being the root of all of this is that we have the ability to teach from a biblical perspective and have a lot of Christian influence on our lessons. So I think it's really cool for me because it's, you kind of have free reign, like it's not, um, you know, compared to here, we have to be a lot more careful with how we share, at least in a school setting. Yeah. Uh, whereas there we have that opportunity and that's the sole focus. And the parents know that when they're sending their students out. So 
everything, even in every subject that we have out, like we'll hear in our math class, in our science class, English. Um, I teach a class called personal development, which is like a combination of many subjects. <laughs> but we all have the option to, you know, and, and choose to include the Bible and, and different lessons within that, um, which is really awesome. And then throughout the day, they're constantly being poured into, obviously from each teacher. Um, but like at the start of the day, we're sharing scripture with them. We're praying together. At the end of the day, we're closing out with verses and, and just trying to really, you know, they are older students, but like how you'd want to train a kid in like memorization of scripture and, and, um, okay, when I'm feeling this or thinking about this, what, where is my mind going? Uh, we, you know, just culturally and how, how they're trained or how their mindset is, uh, even though they're older, we now get to pour into older students Mm -hmm. Uh, as if, you know, as the same way we do here in America with kids, um, I think we have that option because they've never, they've never been taught that way. And so we kind of have this opportunity to, you know, memorize those things and really work through like, what is, what does the Bible say about this? Um, yeah, which is really cool and just feel very passionate. I think all of us teachers really feel passionate that like, because we're working essentially 24 seven other than when we sleep, we always, our doors are open to the students that like our lives are obviously to be a reflection of, of God. And so, you know, making sure that we are doing that so that that's then shown to our students. So, yeah, Yeah, that's what I was, was getting, getting at too, is like with the indirect side of it is because we're so such on display you know that's that's what we try to share through the way we live and then direct like um i lead a bible study on on with some of the young men on wednesday nights so we're able to go through a book and in dialogue with them yeah so you've mentioned obviously different skills that god has given you um and different hobbies so when you first arrived in png you didn't really know the people you didn't speak the language uh so how did those hobbies and skills help to bridge that gap to be able to have those relationships yeah uh yeah i think for for me um yeah it was it was a big change to um because like danny's had more experience with with missions and stuff and to jump into something where it's like a totally different culture and a totally different people and to be able to build a connection like that because I'm more of like the my personality is more like a a long game type of uh building relationship where I'm like uh we'll start to do something like you're saying in common so for me it was exciting to be able to um play sports with the students um because they're really big into soccer and volleyball and both of those i love playing it and like I played in high school so I was like able to play with the students and just uh build a connection and and then then doing construction was able to you know relate with the guys I work with and hey we're we enjoy building we do it for a living and and able to to kind of have that have that in common and you know and just kind of break the ice right away it's like hey we you know we love the lord hey we 
love sports and and boom like we're buddies you know kind of thing so that that was cool yeah i think for me like i love to do anything creative so um i tried to jump in where i could and like even i'm thinking about one of the first days we welcomed some of our new students i like wrote on the whiteboard in like calligraphy and i just remember some of them coming up to me and being like whoa can you like write this and try that you know and like I think that kind of started this. Yeah, because they're really creative, yeah, too. They're we had no creative. idea, but they're super creative. Yeah, so it kind of started this. Now they, like, ask me to write things. or, yeah. um, But even I, honestly, there were a lot of cool ways we could connect with them. But I feel like we're very privileged to work with the group of students that we do. They're, I'm, we're going to be biased, but <laughs> I think they're amazing. And um, just such joy-filled, lovable people that I think we're so used to being in America where people want to, like, hide away and not um, introduce yourself or aren't as comfortable to, like, put themselves out there. And there's definitely that same element of, like, shame in Papua New Guinea. Like, that's definitely an issue there. But with our group in particular, I just feel like they're so good. And maybe it's because they're used to being around missionaries but would just like approach us and and be really friendly and ask questions and it was really cool to just you know through maybe drawing pictures or writing something or doing sports or construction and then for me you know jumping into teaching and I'm now their teacher um finding these unique little ways to like get to know them and get them comfortable with us um but it was really cool just to see you know I didn't We've never done something quite like that so yeah yeah and i think like you're probably curious too just the not necessarily just our students but just the people as a whole yeah. um and it's not necessarily a, a completely positive thing is that um because we're you know missionaries and we're we're foreign or we're you know just they're like oh white men you know kind of thing is that they naturally gravitate towards yeah. you is because they, they're has its pros and cons it has sure. its pros and cons like um they they are they are excited and, and they would want to um be friends with you yeah. is so so it's not they necessarily you. yeah compared to maybe some other cultures yeah. or some other um you know places you might go is they're excited to have a see a new face and see a new type of person from america and so they would naturally want to talk to you and and be your friend so that it it is a positive and it also could be bad because it's like um you know maybe it's someone that wants to take advantage of you or that but that but usually the people that we've come in contact with are uh people we've met at church or people that we've met when we when we have gone into remote places and they're church type people and um so their they're their intentions are good, you know, yeah. and they're excited yeah. to to be to build a relationship with you. Yeah. So it's been really cool. Even despite the barrier in language. Yeah, despite really the language cool. barrier. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Because since we're on the topic, how do people in PNG worship differently, like at church, mm-hmm. versus the people in like the American church? Yeah, that's been one of my favorite things. I think to see. Yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah, and it's been something that we've uh, learned yeah. and and yeah. been like. Um, by veteran missionaries that we work with, they've shown us the um, the things that they do 
or have done in the past when they were building their church or planning their church, um, the things that they have done to avoid um, making the church uh, completely Western, mm-hmm. you know, because like I said, the the people are excited to have, you know, white missionaries who are from America. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't want to do things that are like force the people or or encourage the people just to do them because they see yeah. the the white folk doing them, you know? Yeah. So that's been really cool to learn like, oh, wow, that I didn't, I would have never yeah. thought like that, that you had to do that or not that you had to do it, but you did do it because you want their worship to be, um, you know, pure and not yeah. out of obligation to, oh, I got to do it this yeah. way because, um, you know, Zach's doing it this way. Yeah. So a good example, just to tie it in because yeah. I think this is cool to share for other people to think about is um, they use the example of like they were gathering this is when they were newer into trying to plant the church and to get to know the people was they met um, with a group in the community and it was so it was the missionaries and then the local people and they went to pray and beforehand the missionaries decided they were each going to pray differently so they would, some of them would keep their eyes open, some of them would put their hands together, some would bow their head, some would close their eyes. They all did something different because they started to notice this pattern that if they always closed their hand, put their hands together, closed their eyes and bowed their heads, that that's what the people were doing. Not because they felt like that was the posture that they should pray, mm-hmm. but because they saw the missionaries do it, they thought that's what they had to do. So it, yeah, things like that where you see, you know, and it's, it is hard because the missionaries are coming in with the intention of trying to, you know, help the people and bring the gospel into mm-hmm. those communities. But when a culture has never been exposed to those types of things and doesn't have that structure and naturally for us and what we've learned from our Western culture, we want to bring in, mm-hmm. you have to find that balance. And I think not even just missionaries who are doing Bush work, but even for us, it's always a uh, something that we have to be aware of of how we do this because it's helping shape the way they think yeah. um but yeah it looks really different and we got to celebrate christmas in the bush oh, and we cool. yeah we loved seeing just like the simplicity of like christmas wasn't flashy christmas lights yeah. and yeah because they, they have and... no idea about what you know they the, some of the people who live in town yeah. you know they know about santa yeah, because there's maybe but yeah but our, the people in there don't know. No idea. And so it's like for them as believers, the Christmas is simply what Christmas is. It's, you know, Jesus being born. And yeah. it was really, even though they were sharing it in um, in pidgin and in their language, um, it was really cool because you could just feel and tell from their body language and their passion and the way they were speaking of how excited they were just solely for like, the bible and the story and like Mm -hmm. never before has it you know we go to church here and and we see that and it's still exciting of course as believers but like for them that's all they have and all they know and i feel like that really paints a really cool picture even for our students when we're with them like things are just different there's a different sense of joy that is really a bummer that some people miss out on here because i don't know i think we feel like we have to perform or act a certain way as a believer, or we see, we compare ourselves to other Christians, where for them it's like, 
they're just so excited to have the truth and they know what a privilege that is that, you know, them compared to the rest of the country who's still very unreached, I think they really recognize it as like, this is a privilege for us and, and really feel the true joy of that. Um, and that's evident in their, the way that they assess scripture, they read it and memorize it and how they worship. It's like so cool to hear them. We don't do the same worship songs necessarily. And when they worship in their own language and with all of their instruments and yeah, yeah. they'll like get, get a a part of the scripture translated and they'll write their own songs, you know, where Mm -hmm. we are like, uh, we have some established artist who or whatever who wrote that song and then we'll do it you know where it's like how cool is that where they'll just they get they'll get acts translated for the first time and they'll just like they'll write up a song and just start yeah yeah so there's really cool stuff like that um and then just the overall like she's saying the joy that they have is is a lot different than than here and i think it's been cool for us um like a big takeaway and I, I don't mean to jump ahead or, or whatever from your questions, but the um, realizing one, once we're in it and seeing how they do it is that, oh, like there isn't a, a right way to do it. You know, there is what the word says and we, we adhere to that and they adhere to that. But the different type of little things that we do here isn't necessarily the the right or the perfect or the yeah the end all be all the perfect way to do it and the way they do it isn't necessarily a perfect way to do it but we're we're still doing it you know and we're still you know praising the lord and we're still you know trying to spread the gospel and and reach his people so that's been really cool to see how has being in papua new guinea changed your view of america like Mm -hmm. either like good or bad yeah Mm -hmm. i think and I think it's not just being in Papua New Guinea, but just being, like, culturally aware. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something we practiced a lot here. But just being, like, more culturally aware now and, like, asking questions, it's definitely opened our eyes to just, like, how... And by no means do I mean, like, Papua New Guinea is really far behind in a lot of things and, and is not great in a lot of ways. But um, it's opened our eyes, I think, a lot to just, like how simple their lives are and how like satisfied in that they still are and like we are so um what's the word i want to use like here in america there's a lot of words i can use but we just we always everyone's gonna always want more like yeah we're creatures of convenience over here i think even even in png of course like people living in the bush seeing other people in town are going to want what they have more money more everything but i think we're so used to being in america where there there's always this desire of like more and more and more i want better and better and better and like this sense of satisfaction in the people in png that i think about all the time of like okay yeah i want those things that are convenient and i'm i'm sure i'm going to we're going to always struggle with that but reminding myself all the time of like they have so little and are so content in that and us as americans are never we're never content content with just what we have and so that's a mindset for sure that um that we i think have tried to adopt adopt more um oh man but there's so many other cultural (laughs) cultural things well but i think definitely 
what we were saying before is is seeing that there's not necessarily a right and perfect way to do things because even not necessarily like we're, we're more talking uh, worship and how the church operates but even like simple simple things or um, things that we do so um, like extravagantly here like we like let's so many gadgets for yeah things. well but what I was gonna say is like how we do weddings oh, you know yeah. is because like we just got had gotten married before we left and and so we were like had just gone through that process and then just hearing oh so like that's how they do it you know the the guy will will bring a, a plate of food to the house of the the woman he's interested in and if she takes it then he's accepting her proposal for like her hand in marriage and it's like the the you know just different cultural stuff is yeah. like that where it's like just another thing where you're like oh that the way we do it you know the white dress and the mm-hmm. the stuff like that isn't uh necessarily what's the right way to do it yeah. you know so different things like that is like oh that's really cool it opens your eyes to um you know different different aspects yeah. of different traditions that we've had or grown up with yeah. you know yeah. i also think the gadgets one is no the ga- that's definitely sure. true like most of the time what they have is we call it a bush knife but it's a machete and that's like one of their only tools and they can do so much with a machete and i just keep laughing sometimes even just being here for a month and thinking like we have so many things for like everything we have we have an app for everything everything. we've got this we've got that like they're so innovative in what they do like you give them a a, okay at christmas even we went and we cut down um like, we're all used to, like, the sago palm trees, okay? Mm-hmm. So they have, like, a hundred different uses for that. But they took the leaves that hadn't quite, like, opened up yet. And so the palms were still, you know, stuck in the, I don't know, what the, the official little, term, pod or whatever. Little like, shoot thing. They haven't opened up. Sure. And they were k- taking those, and we pulled out all the palms, and they kind of were just hanging there. And they took the stiff part of the leaf, pulled that off, and so it made this like feathery looking, almost like if we were hanging um, decorations in a doorway and you had like the, what are the strips yeah. of what, reflective, yeah. you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, it was like that. And then they tied flowers and fruit into it. So it was completely decorated in the church yeah. for Christmas. But all of that was just from things that were literally around them. Wow. And it made me think like, we could do so much in America with all the things around us, yeah. but we're just, it's always a convenience. It's yeah. always like, what do we have that can make this faster, make this easier? And I just love being somewhere where they can take a leaf and turn it into a crown. They can turn it into decoration. They can heal this thing or they can, you know, yeah. they've taken all of these things and made it really simple and used it for a lot of purposes. And I just think that that's really, it's, it's not being wasteful. And it's just being creative, and I mm-hmm. think that's really cool. I don't know. We could keep going on and on. There's <laughs> yeah. So many, yeah, no, there's but so that was a good. Things that we we do differently, but those are some fun. Yeah. Fun no, ones. that was a good answer. Yeah. Thank you so much to Zach and Danny for being on the podcast. It was such a fun conversation. They're so fun to talk to, and they are clearly so passionate about Papua New Guinea and the work they're doing because we ended up going over time by a lot. So this will be a two-part episode. 
So the next podcast episode that will be coming out will be part two to this one where Zach and Danny talk about the challenges that they've experienced being missionaries in Papua New Guinea. So that will be another really good conversation you will not want to miss. So we'll see you next time.